0: Welcome to Untamed Intimacy, the show that helps you get to the core of what creates safety, love, connection, passion, and pleasure in your relationship.
1: You'll learn how to resolve conflict, communicate authentically, and rekindle passion.
0: So you can create Untamed Intimacy in your relationship.
1: I'm Ani Manian.
0: And I'm Lee Noto.
1: We're the founders of Untamed Intimacy.
0: And together we serve couples all around the world to help them create the wildest love they have ever known.
1: We believe that our relationships are the most powerful vehicles for growth and our partners are our greatest teachers.
0: If you're ready to create untamed intimacy in your relationship, then this is the podcast for you.
1: And if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do that. And you'll be notified as soon as we drop a juicy episode.
0: And if you really love and receive value from this podcast, we'd like to ask two things. Please leave a five-star review and consider connecting with us on Instagram at untamed underscore intimacy and take a screenshot of your favorite episodes and share them in your stories so others can find this content too. And if you'd like to be coached live on air or have any questions that you'd like answered on the show, visit us at untamedintimacylive.com.
1: We can't wait to hear from you.
0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Untamed Intimacy. Today we're gonna be talking about something really relevant to our relationship and relevant to the transformation process in general, especially when you're in relationship with others. And this is the difference between punishment and responsibility.
1: And fair warning, we're gonna be airing all our dirty laundry
0: and by our dirty laundry he means my dirty laundry we're gonna be airing all of my dirty laundry all her
1: dirty laundry will be aired
0: and you'll be forewarned i have shit myself so get ready for a smelly one multiple times (laughs) this this nuance this difference between taking responsibility and punishing ourselves is one of the key things that if you get this right if you can find the nuance in your life, this will dramatically skyrocket your ability to transform yourself and transform your relationship. So listen carefully, folks, because I'm telling you these past few weeks, we have done the hard work of figuring this shit out and it has not been pretty.
1: Well, past few weeks for you, several lifetimes for me. Um, Let me first tell you why this is important. Now this may seem like a semantic difference, but this is actually one of the deepest, deepest, deepest ways in which we sabotage our own process for growth and development. So most people um, have been conditioned by society and particularly by their parents since they were very young using punishment. Right. Ever since we were kids, anytime we did something that they said was quote unquote wrong, but really what they meant by that was something that was different from how they expected us to act. This could be speaking loudly on a train um, or um, acting out in some way or you know wanting to eat ice cream past 10 p.m. or watch TV or not do your homework the primary dynamic that was established very early on was that if you do something bad you will be punished Mm -hmm. so this usually meant a combination of two things the first thing was there would be an immediate withdrawal of love and affection right they would either not talk to us they would become cold um and that's Really, that was the best case scenario because the worst case scenario included component two, which was they would get really angry and we'd be scolded either verbally or emotionally and psychologically, and in at least in the case of both Lee and I, physically. So, when we are conditioned from before we can remember by the people who we consider the guardians and real role models for life, for how life works. By using a combination of withdrawal and punishment, essentially we learn to do that to ourselves
0: mm.
1: every time we perceive that we're not doing enough or we did something wrong or some action that we took or some behavior is causing discomfort or disturbance or an issue for other people. Now, why is this important? It's important because almost all of us bundle responsibility and punishment together, right? And because we bundle it together, what happens unknowingly is that we sabotage our own attempts at taking more responsibility. And so, Lee, what's been your personal experience with this?
0: Mm. Well, something I want to add to what you said, Ani, is, you know, kind of the the fucked up part about all of this is that once we leave the household where our primary caretakers are, the punishment doesn't end just because someone has stopped reprimanding us for all of the quote unquote bad things we're doing or how we're stepping out of line that construct is like an entity that stays with us. So even though the emotional or physical abuse from childhood may no longer be there, we have learned how to punish ourselves.
1: Should we give a couple of examples?
0: Sure. Do you have one ready?
1: Yeah. So for you, it's your mom's voice. For me, it's my dad's voice. Mm -hmm. So for my dad, you know, nothing was ever good enough. If I scored a 98 on an exam, he'd be pissed because I lost two points. And so my childhood was like basically an uninterrupted series of me not being good enough. And so his extremely self-critical voice still exists in my head and he's actually passed away. But, you know, I left home when I was 17, but his voice stayed with me in my head and that voice is always telling me not good enough. You can do better than that. Um, You didn't do this right. You You did that wrong. Um, this is unacceptable. That's not good enough. And this voice has been You know this it comes in the form of an internal kind of self-criticism. You can um, Imagine, you know an inner critic that you have in your head um, and for you
0: It's the same thing It's my mom's voice saying very similar things to Ani's dad and That voice exists in my head Uh reminding me of my perceived insufficiency, not enoughness, never enoughness. And the fascinating thing that happens in relationships is when we haven't deeply examined and loved on the parts of us that received this kind of language and treatment growing up, we carry that into our other relationships. So when the pointing the finger, not enoughness comes out between Ani and I, Typically, if one of us has the the sensibility, we know that if that's something Ani's saying to me, that I know it's not him. It's coming from the treatment he received growing up, and he knows it's not me. It's coming from some of the things that I heard growing up, and this gives us an ability to hold a space of compassion for the other because we know that if it's something that's coming out from the other toward us, then there is probably 10 times worse the treatment happening within oneself.
1: Yeah, so a question that we often ask each other is, whose voice is that, right? And so when I ask Lee whose voice is that, I'm acknowledging that what, you know, her maybe being very critical of something I'm doing is not her. That's not her own consciousness being voiced at me. And I leave open the space that it could be someone else's voice that is just being expressed through her. And often it's that self-critical voice that's operating inside her head on autopilot all the time that sometimes gets expressed at me, making me the object of the not good enoughness.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so something that is really key to keep in mind here is that when we can separate out that self-critical voice, which by the way, I'd say most all of us have or had ha- have had at one point in our lives. It is a part of the human condition. So if this sounds like you, there's nothing wrong. I promise you that. This is a journey to coming home to ourselves and remembering that there is nothing inherently wrong with us. We are inherently whole and complete as we are. And as we get into the nuances of these parts of our lives, we see more clearly what's true and what's not.
1: And the thing is for most of us punishment has been coupled to learning, development, growth. Right? Because punishment was the way in which they basically manipulated us into growing. Right? This system of reward and punishment has been true for us, you know, since we were kids. And the reward part isn't that great either because that leads to a whole um that's a whole nother episode but that leads to pleasure seeking um behavior like to do something that you don't feel like doing you need to motivate yourself with your favorite food or by indulging in something in the consumption of something that creates pleasure because so true story for me my mom was an amazing cook she still is, and one of the best cooks that I know and her love language is food. So that's how she expressed food. So whenever there was a conflict or some sort of emotional disconnect, her response was to soothe it with food. Mm -hmm. So very early on, I learned to couple that reward mechanism with soothing my emotional discomfort. Now, for a lot of people, this turns into, you know, addiction to say ice cream or chips or something. And over time, it gets really wired in. In this case, what we're talking about is the punishment part. So being incentivized to do certain behaviors by being rewarded with ice cream or chocolate or candy or soda as kids is something we can all remember. We can also remember being punished for doing something that was you know, not good or not good enough. So as adults, this punishment behavior becomes the default pathway for growth. So whenever we're trying to change behavior, say we're in a conflict with our partner and say I always um, criticize my partner for a certain thing, and you know we figure it out and we say, well, you know it doesn't feel good to be criticized, don't criticize me. Now, if I'm trying to change that behavior and I attach punishment to it, If I punish myself for engaging in that behavior while I'm trying to take responsibility for it and Mm. change, what I'm doing is I'm creating a massive amount of internal resistance because no one likes punishment. And so this punishment creates a strong negative charge associated with that change. So what's going to happen is that the change isn't going to stick or I'm going to try and sabotage that change.
0: Right on, I'm glad you explained that because that's how this works. And I think for many of us, we have motivated ourselves with punishment or with pressure so often, because again, that's what we were taught to do, but punishing ourselves really inhibits us from growth and transformation. One, typically when we are punishing ourselves or being punished, there's a sense of isolation. And this is what happens when you get sent alone to your room to think about what you've done, for example. And there, immediately we lose the sense of connection and community with others, meaning we often find ourselves going down a deep, dark rabbit hole of separation, isolation, and that's when the shame gets piled on. Shame loves isolation, and that is how shame exists, by being kept as a secret. Now, when we bring back community and when we reach out and ask for support, when we share something in transparency with someone about what we feel ashamed of there can be healing and growth and transformation in community or in connection with others
1: and this is really the opposite of how most parents and schools deal with kids because think about it right schools um you do something that's perceived as wrong or misbehavior you're sent to detention you're sent to the principal's office so you're exiled or excommunicated from your peer group And you're sent off to a place where you have to be alone and deal, you know, reflect on the consequences of your actions and your behaviors and all that stuff. And to a child, that's basically death at a, you know, neurobiological level. When that happens at home, you're sent to your room, as Lee said, right? That's the best case scenario. Or if you're, you know, if you grew up like me, you get the shit kicked out of you, right? And Again, in that situation, when you're being punished, when love is being withdrawn, you're alone. And as when you're a child, this period of being disconnected from everyone else and everything else, which follows a certain behavior, it wires in a very dangerous combination. Because as kids, being alone means death, because we are so dependent on you know, our caretakers and caregivers for survival. In fact, how we know that we're safe is by co-regulating with them, right? We
0: can you, can you explain what co-regulating means?
1: Yeah, so every single human being possesses a nervous system, right? This nervous system is a very complex system that governs um, the electrical impulses in the body that, you know, allow us to be animated. So, think of it as the animating um, system in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Now, we have this ability using a nervous system to be aware of each other. So, the way we do that is by feeling each other and sensing each other. So, right now, as I look at you, I feel you, hmm. right? I feel the, the life that is looking out through your eyes. And that is the first level of co-regulation. That's my nervous system seeing and recognizing another nervous system and connecting to that. So as I see you and you see me, our nervous systems start to regulate. They start to become more in sync. Mm -hmm. Now, the second level of this is I see you seeing me and I feel you feeling me. And when two nervous systems can feel each other feeling themselves, almost an understanding develops. These nervous systems can connect, they can fall into perfect synchronization. And as they fall into perfect synchronization, usually they the the two nervous systems go into a dominantly parasympathetic nervous system state. That is, they can rest, they can relax. This is usually the state in which we can connect with another human being. We can, um, our heart rate drops, our breathing gets deeper, we start slowing down, and we are in the state where we can feel ourselves, we can feel each other, and we can feel ourselves feeling each other. Now, as a child, this is the primary capacity that we use to actually calm down. Right? So if we have a a scary dream and we scream in the middle of the night and dad comes running in, he's like, what happened? What happened? And he starts soothing the child and everything starts slowing down and the child can co-regulate with the father because the child can feel seen and held and supported and the child can start feeling safe. Mm. Right. Now this is the primary way in which we feel safe. So now imagine what we were talking about before. As a child, you do something wrong, and rather than co-regulating, rather than connecting with another nervous system and feeling connected, safe, grounded, secure, you're cut off and you're sent away, right? So you're separated and disconnected. And that's the primary pattern that's established. So so now as an adult, typically when a rupture happens, when when some sort of conflict happens or disconnection happens, your first response is not to lean in and connect and soothe your nervous system. It's to separate. It's to run in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. But what that does is that it makes you at a very, very base level feel less safe. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel isolated. And when we're isolated, we can't be connected, we can't have both. And human beings are wired to need to connect to feel safe.
0: Now imagine what years of that does on our ability to create deep intimacy in romantic relationships. We were taught one way our whole lives, most of us, and then we're expected to create successful relationships where we lean in, where we're vulnerable, where we allow ourselves to be seen, where we're authentically and compassionately expressed, where we're present, that just doesn't add up. And so it's no wonder that there are so many relationships and so many couples out there struggling because of how we were raised and the behaviors we inherited. Now, punishment also creates other kinds of stressful loads on us. One, when we go into self-punishment or when we're being punished by a partner, it keeps us from being present. Typically, and very naturally, when someone's being punished or reprimanded for something, the natural response is to defend defend and protect. That is an instinctual response. When we are in defense and protection mode, we cannot be present because all we are concerned with in that moment is protecting the sovereignty and wellness of our organism, whether that's emotionally, physically, or otherwise. And so it takes us out of being present. It takes us out of the ability to empathize with our partner's experience or to be compassionate to our own experience. And it also inhibits us from taking real responsibility from how we may have contributed to a given conflict or scenario. So there are a lot of things at play here. And like I had mentioned, when punishment happens, naturally, we can choose to show up as defensive. We may project our anger onto someone. We may point the finger back at them versus taking responsibility for our contribution. We may keep score. We may even receive a criticism from someone and then say, hey, but then you did this. And so that absolves me because you did it worse. Uh, we also avoid, we avoid taking responsibility. We avoid the situation. We avoid feeling the difficult feeling emotions because of the punishment, whether it's coming from our partner or ourselves. And a lot of us can tend to deny. And I speak to all of this from very personal experience because as it turns out very, very perfectly, one of the dynamics that Ani and I explored early on and throughout our relationship was being each other's parents in some ways he showed up as a representation of my mother because I hadn't done some of the deep exploratory work and healing around what it meant to be punished and what it meant to really take agency over my self-worth and self-acceptance. And so what happens in relationship is because I hadn't really explored that, I made him my mother.
1: And when she says explored, this is, this is a very important distinction here, right? The, the, the more precise word to use is integrated.
0: Hmm.
1: Now, one of the things that happens with dynamics like punishment is that if you're in the habit of punishing yourself, ask yourself this, who is the one that is doing the punishing and who is the one being punished, Right. And you can almost see that there's two fragments of yourself. There are two aspects of yourself. There are these separate parts. And most people live as individuals, right? As one person with one name, with one social security number, with many parts. And these are fragmented parts of themselves. These are unintegrated parts of themselves that were created along the way as they were living life. Usually, when we're kids, when we experience trauma, when we experience loss, when we experience um, intense experiences and emotions that were too much to deal with, what happens is that our system, to protect itself, basically goes into freeze. And for example, I, you know, my dad used to beat the shit out of me when I was a kid. And I remember you know, blocking out a lot of those memories because my system would literally shut down and I would freeze because I couldn't protect myself and I couldn't run away and I couldn't fight back because I was too little. So in those situations, what happened was that a part of me was frozen and it was pushed down and it was pushed down and I was cut off from that part because it was too much for my system to handle. I didn't have the capacity to handle that. And so when you add up all these experiences, when you all up add up all these events, what ends up is that we 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 grow up to be adults with all these fragmented, frozen aspects of us. And we bring all of this shit into a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so when we show up to a relationship with all this stuff, and you can think about this as baggage, you can think about it as whatever, but I prefer to not use a pejorative term. I prefer the the term unintegrated aspects because there's nothing good or bad about these things. It's just that these little pieces of us, like a broken mirror, has basically been um, smashed and kept in different fragments. And our journey to wholeness actually comes from integrating all these pieces together, right? And the process of integration is becoming at peace with those pieces, different piece. And so we can restore the flow and the natural harmony and aliveness of our full spectrum individual.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's really, really good. You know, something Ani and I have been exploring a lot in our relationship as of late, because it's been coming up, are these shadow aspects. And again, shadow is not good or bad. These are unconscious parts that exist in our psyche that likely developed very early in childhood as a means of protection against some sort of trauma. And we've locked them away. We've put them away up in the attic and they're collecting dust and we pretend that they're not up there until sometimes they become so overwhelming that they're just spilling out. And that is in some ways what happened in our relationship. These shadow aspects of mine, the defensiveness, the projection, the anger, the deep, deep, deep anger that I thought I had for my mother, but that I actually had for myself, um, comes out, especially when we're in a relationship where we feel safe. So I want to just make a side note that if shadow aspects are coming out, it could be a very good indication that you're actually feeling safe to express that part of you. So there may not be anything awry per se. It may just be that you're finally feeling so safe to let these aspects express.
1: Could you share, you know, some personal examples of how this played out and, you know, why it's only now or, you know, in the past year that a lot of this stuff has been able to come out for you? and some of the consequences it's had.
0: Yeah. So prior to this relationship, I, there was only one other relationship in my life where I'd ever really felt truly safe and not because I wasn't emotionally safe or loved unconditionally in my other relationships. It was that I never allowed myself a space to receive real, real love from partners. It was uh, limited by the amount that I could love myself. And in this relationship, you know, you've been such a pivotal part in loving me unconditionally and accepting me unconditionally and really reminding me of those things through words, through actions, through your presence. And as a result of that, parts of me felt safe to come out, parts of me that I had locked away forever, that I had denied were there, that I had no idea were there. And in that safety, I started expressing in, in reaction or response to conflict. And a lot of my tendencies were passed down to me. And it's, it's one of those situations where uh, you think you'll never sound like your mother and never say the thing that your father said, and then you do it. And it's like, oh shit. I am a spinning image of one of my parents, and that's exactly what's been happening. It's been very psychedelic, almost that we'll be in conflict, and then I could just very quickly deny something or defend myself, and that what that does is it um, it causes me to skip over the the moment where I can empathize with you and be with you in your experience of something you're sharing about something I did or said. And it's very frustrating to be on the opposite end of someone who is being defensive because when I'm on the receiving end of that, I get pissed off and it then gives me, you know, I then have compassion for you when you're on the receiving end of my defensiveness or projection that has nothing to do with you, but it is some sort of unprocessed emotion or conflict within myself. And so It's been fascinating because um, there has been a very vast container in our relationship of how much space you've held for me and how you've held me with unconditional love and acceptance. And as we have gone through me basically bringing all of these shadow parts out of the closet, there have been a lot of consequences. Um, I have said a lot of hurtful things things that I may have thought about before or never had the conscious thought of. I have defended and deflected. I have denied. And this creates a really big rift in the amount of trust that we're able to cultivate or maintain in our relationship. And it also, it diminishes safety. It diminishes um, a desire for intimacy and connection. It creates Um, a sense of indifference, a sense of complacency, a sense of hopelessness, um, and really just a growing apart. And we have experienced all of these things. And the whole point of this episode was something that I realized today, which was how do I take responsibility for my contribution? Because let me tell you, folks, Up until very recently, I was not willing to take responsibility. I was looking for ways to find an out. What can he take responsibility for? Why isn't he owning up to his shit? Why am I the only one doing this? Et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. And when I recognized that there is a difference between taking responsibility and punishing myself, it became very clear to me. That I can see how I've contributed to conflict and chaos and tension and separation and disconnection without shitting on myself for it.
1: And so the, the crucial point here that really begs to be emphasized is that before when Lee tried to take responsibility because she had coupled punishment with taking responsibility because that was the childhood wiring, Every time she tried to take responsibility, she would punish herself. So she would punish herself verbally, emotionally. Um, she would shame herself. She would guilt herself, and obviously that doesn't feel good. So naturally, it created a an aversion to taking responsibility because if responsibility always comes with punishment, if we don't want to have the punishment, then what do we do? We get rid of the whole thing altogether, which means push away responsibility. When we push away responsibility, what happens is nothing changes. So we keep repeating the same cycle in, like Groundhog Day.
0: Yeah. And so I want to share a process that I've gone through that has really helped me create um, the distinguishing factor in my mind. And that's one, if you look back on any situation you've been in with your partner, with a loved one, with anyone, just take a look back and reflect on the situation itself. So let me caveat this by saying, we're only looking at this from your perspective. And what I mean by that is the ways in which you could take more responsibility, the ways in which you have contributed. So the point of this exercise is not to find all the fault the faults and flaws in the other person. This is simply a self-reflective exercise. So think about a time when, say, you and your partner got into an argument. Think about what happened. Run through the play-by-play. And be careful here to delineate between what actually happened and the story about what happened. So, um, you know, in a situation between us, I might say, Ani shared a piece of feedback with me and I had a certain response and that response in my body felt like anger. It felt like defensiveness. That's, that's just the facts of what happened. Now, and, ma-
1: and maybe there was a story associated with it that he is saying this because he thinks this, or he always does that. But it's really, really important to separate out the story from the fact.
0: Yeah. So acknowledge the situation, just run through the play by play in your mind And the play-by-play is things that you can see or hear that anyone as a witness in the room would recount as a detail.
1: Play-by-play or blow-by-blow?
0: The blow-by-blow is a little sexual innuendo.
1: I mean, this is the Untamed Intimacy podcast.
0: Go through the (laughs) blow-by-blow if it pleases you. Then go through that and acknowledge your contribution. So no finger-pointing, no naming your partner's contribution or anything like that. That is sort of in their wheelhouse to take accountability for, but simply go through and say, okay, where are the places where I could take more responsibility? Not where are the places where I should shame myself, punish myself? What did I do wrong? How was I bad? We're kind of throwing that one out here. Just where could I take more responsibility? Because the big thing to remember here is that we are literally creating our lives and our realities moment by moment. So if we can get on board and take responsibility for how we're creating, then we will empower ourselves beyond our wildest imagination. And then after we acknowledge our contribution to the situation, even if an acknowledgement means I could have just kept my cool a little more and I didn't, I popped off a bit. And that was something I could take more responsibility for, even if the other person was the one instigating the situation, I could have handled it differently. Um, acknowledging the impact of your contribution. So what impact did your, what you said, what you did, what you didn't say or didn't do have on the situation? And so when I acknowledge impact in in conflict between Ani and I, um, you know, I might acknowledge the impact that it's had on the fact that we've spent a whole day in conflict or I might acknowledge um, his feelings of hurt and anger. I might acknowledge the impact that my words had on him. Then after we acknowledge the impact, making a commitment to what you'll do differently next time based on where you're taking responsibility. And I'm going to run through an example of this. So you'll hear the language that I use, but choosing something different and creating an option for yourself in real time and giving your word to that new commitment and stating it so that your partner can hear it too, and they can be a part of this possibility that you're creating. And then keeping practices and people in your life that are gonna remind you of this commitment. So, obviously, your partner is gonna be one because you're making this commitment to yourself and to your partner. And you can enroll the help of your friends. I've reached out to so many friends during this time, and they have supported me greatly in doing this shadow work. And then, practices, you know, maybe it's a daily journaling practice or a meditation. And then lastly, connecting to the feeling of being in integrity with your word and connecting to any feelings you may have when you're out of integrity. And again, separate from shame and punishment, but just connecting to the sadness you may feel when you're out of integrity and there's nothing wrong with that, but you just realize that there are very real impacts to what it means to be out of integrity with your word. And then the opposite of that is connecting to how powerful and great it feels to really honor your word. And so what this might sound like in practice, if you're, if you're doing this with a partner, is, um, hey, you know, Ani, I want to acknowledge that and, my...
1: And this is a real life example, right?
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have so many to pull from. Um, I really want to acknowledge the fact that I got defensive earlier when you shared feedback with me and you know i appreciate you sharing that it felt frustrating for you and that it felt that you felt angry when i got defensive and something i'd like to take responsibility for is not taking a moment to stop and be present with you in you sharing authentically with me and you know i also want to take responsibility for not taking a chance to empathize because i know that that didn't feel good for you and When I put myself in your shoes, it wouldn't feel good for me if I shared something with you and then you immediately jumped to to defensiveness versus being with me. And so I want to acknowledge the impact of my being defensive in that we've spent a whole afternoon in argument in that you're feeling exhausted and I'm feeling exhausted. Like we haven't gotten any work done and this has created separation between us. Like there's a very real impact to my actions and I want to make a new commitment to myself and to you and to our relationship. And I want to commit to really listening presently when you share something and slowing way down so that I can be present with you and I can put myself in your shoes. And you know, what's really helpful for me in the practices I keep is renewing my commitment to that each day by journaling journaling really helps me to remind myself each morning and start my day with what i'm giving my word to so that's how i'm going to keep this commitment alive um and you know if there's anything else you want to share i'd love to hear how you're feeling after having this conversation
1: beautiful and when when i hear that it's you know, no matter how much anger or rage or you know, any activation that I may have had in my body, it like dissipates so quickly and so so deeply that I'm left with almost this soft, mushy emotional center which is open again. Right? And that's one of the most profound things about this way of really approaching conflict and creating resolution because it's, it's so disarming, right? Even if there was a lot of anger and words being thrown around and voices being raised, this has a way of, you know, surrounding the person in a big ball of uh, cotton candy.
0: Yeah. You know, it's beautiful. And I, um, give a shout out to Landmark because I learned a lot of what it means to be in integrity in a lot of the coursework that I did there, only to be further emphasized by what I learned from you about integrity and commitment. Um, So what's on the other side of this? Because this taking responsibility can feel really, really scary. And challenging and new and unknown and uncertain. But like Spider-Man says, with great power comes great responsibility. So power, just immense amounts of personal power and agency and sovereignty are on the other side of us taking radical responsibility for how we're showing up. And when we take that back, when we stop putting the onus onto others for our experience, we realize that we are creating every moment and every aspect of our lives. And then that just opens the door to, okay, like, what do I want to create? I can create anything. Do I want to continue to create conflict and hardship and separation and stress and illness, or do I want to create connection and intimacy and love and desire and all the things I could ever dream of? And You know, there's also a very deep opening for intimacy and connection. And like Ani had said, when I approach restoring connection in this way, it almost immediately melts him. It allows him to lower his guard because I've lowered my guard and it allows us to be emotional leaders in our relationship.
1: And going back to an earlier concept, it allows us to co-regulate because her guard is down and my guard comes down. I can feel her and I can feel her feeling me, right? I can feel the care and the empathy and the concern and the desire to heal and reconnect. And when I can feel her and I can feel her feeling me and she can do the same, then our bodies can do what they've been designed by millions of years of evolution, which is to fall into the state of synchronization. And in that state of synchronization, we feel connected, we feel bonded, we feel safe. And it's only on a foundation of safety and connection can we have intimacy in a relationship.
0: Uh Oh, it's been quite a journey.
1: One for the record books, I think.
0: One for the record books. So... To everyone who's listening and watching out there, know that there are infinite possibilities for you to really step into deeper power and intimacy within yourself and in your partnership. And being able to distinguish between taking radical and authentic responsibility and between punishing yourself is a huge, huge step in the right direction toward your growth and transformation.
1: And with great responsibility comes great power.
0: Totally. And um, just for all of you listening, these are some really deep concepts that we're going to be covering in a group program that we are launching at the middle of August.
1: And a little live workshop, which is going to be about three hours long, which is going to be really a deep dive on conflict resolution. Because one thing we've seen in so 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 many couples um that we've worked with that we know um, is just conflict has become almost like a given in relationships and it's become a given because most people were never taught how to manage their experience and you know we show up with all these unintegrated parts to our soulmate, our relationships. And, you know, shit just goes south and we get into arguments and we fight and we don't know how to come back. And the the walls just keep going up brick by brick by brick. And so we've developed a process for rapidly dismantling conflict, any kind of conflict. And we're really excited to bring that to the world. So we'll be hosting a workshop. Um, It's going to be Super, super affordable, 27 bucks. It's going to be like two to three hours long. And we're going to teach you how to resolve conflict, deepen connection, come back to a state of reconciliation. We're going to teach you why these conflicts appear and what to do about it when when they do rear their heads. And we're going to teach you a process to go from any kind of conflict to connection in five minutes flat. And we're going to do some hot seat coaching. It's going to be amazing. So, if you're interested in that, shoot us an email
0: hello at untamedintimacy.com and we will add you to the waiting list.
1: Beautiful. This has been such a pleasure. And I hope you've enjoyed our dirty laundry. We do this because, you know, we're real people like you. And, you know, we really believe in walking our talk. And this is not just the work we do, but this is literally the practice we're in every second of every day so we're going to be sharing more of these you know real life insights that are coming from lived experience and a lot of work and a lot of learning and a lot of you know just trial and error and experimentation lots of failed relationships before we started to crack the code so thank you for joining us we love you so much and we wish you so much joy and intimacy and connection
0: peace Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode.
1: If you made it this far, it probably means that you enjoyed listening, learned a lot, and are one step closer to deeper intimacy.
0: To help couples like you discover this show and transform their lives, please consider leaving a five-star review and hitting subscribe. You can also find us on Instagram at untamed underscore intimacy. We'd love to hear from you there.
1: If you want to be the first to gain access to exclusive content, practices, and tools to create untamed intimacy in your life, join our mailing list by clicking the link in the show notes. You'll receive powerfully curated content that's no bullshit and pure love.
0: And if you want to learn more about creating untamed intimacy in your life, then visit us at untamedintimacy.com. We see you and we appreciate you. Until next time, much love and good vibes.